Welcome to Paradox Walk Podcast, specializing in paranormal activity, UFOs, cryptids, glitch in the matrix type things, anything completely out of the ordinary. It is October of the year 2023. Today we have stories of one is an alien abduction case, uh, one of these creepy, creepy aliens. Uh, she has a conversation with it and it, it's a child talking to an alien in like interview fashion it's really messed up and another one of a uh, police officer finding uh, going to a scene of a car crash with a pedestrian and finding it's a robot not a person it's a robot so right away i'm going to start off with this this is a headline from the cambridge ufo research group volume 2 number 42 this is from the year 1992 so i first heard about this on the beyond creepy channel on his video called accidents. It's from many years ago, so you'll have to go back a little bit to find out. I went to the archive of this magazine or Cambridge UFO research group or whatever, and I found another real wild story in there. But I wanted to give Beyond Creepy credit for digging up these real wild stories that are so obscure that we would probably never hear of without his work. It says, UFO alien robot found disguised as human. A hit-and-run accident took a terrifying turn when a policeman rushed to the aid of the injured pedestrian and discovered he was a robot. Patrolman Yevitz Lang- Langoy. I'm not good at French. I apologize. I, I can't pronounce any French. I'm good at Spanish, but not French. So they have a picture. Um, it says the patrolman here was lifting the unconscious man's head off of the roadway when it began to unscrew in his hands. I unscrewed it clear off of his shoulders. Black oil oozed out and I could see wires. He lay there in the street, a lifeless lump of plastic. The shocking incident occurred on the crowded downtown street when the android, who appeared to be a well-dressed man in his 50s, stepped off a corner into the path of a speeding car. He was thrown over the roof of the automobile, which quickly sped off. They actually performed an autopsy, which is weird. Patrolman Langloy heard the commotion as a crowd gathered and rushed to the scene. I could tell something was wrong, but I didn't stop to think about it. The man was vibrating as if an electric current was going through him and making squeaking sounds like a tape player in Rewind. I grabbed his head to cushion his neck, and it made a complete turn in my hands. I couldn't believe it. But I knew in an instant that this was no human. I kept turning the head until it came off. The robot body was picked up by an ambulance and taken to the Lyon, France morgue. Coroner Gaston Dupont says the autopsy he performed was the strangest of his career. The skin was plastic, the underlying frame was metal, and a gooey gel filled the space in between. We removed a microcomputer from the head and a glowing green crystal from the belly that we believe was used as a power supply. There was no identification on the body and no one has come forth to identify it. The android is now being kept in a government laboratory where scientists are attempting to learn who built it and why. So far, we were only able to agree on one thing, says a member of the research team, and that's that this thing was not built by human beings. The technology and materials are far advanced beyond what is available to mankind. The most likely explanation may be that it was in, that it was planted here by space aliens in order to spy on our world. God only knows how many more of them are among us. I don't know, if, like when you see like super high tech stuff. I don't. I don't necessarily think that we should just jump to the automatic. Not built by human beings. Like, what if there's a bunch of human beings that have like super high tech stuff, and you know, and they're they're not gonna just come out and tell everybody or you know. It, it might do something weird like i don't know what the 
purpose of having a disguised android in society would be. I guess somebody would have to get creative and think, like, what would be the purpose of that? Like, to gather info? Like, somebody would fly a drone over, like, like wildlife to study it? Like, just send one in there? I guess it makes kind of sense if you're really trying to study us. Which kind of leads into the next... The next story I found is kind of disturbing, but I'm going to read it off anyway. So this is in the same issue. So this is still from the Cambridge UFO Research Group, reported on September 4th, 1992, sent to researcher Bonnie Wheeler. And it says, Dear Bonnie, I must state before I commence that I am indeed extremely apprehensive and nervous about this letter, but at the same time very compelled to send this information to you. I am 32 years old, and the events that I'm about to recount happened to me at the ages of 8, 9, or 10 in the years of 1968, 1969, 1970, respectively. During the period, I played in Lachine, Quebec, and across the street, I played with a girl two years older than myself. Her name was Debbie. We became great friends. Both of Debbie's parents worked. She had three much older siblings, Jim, Donna, and Jack. Her older brother, Jim, along with the help of his dad, built a cottage on Lac LaBelle. Is that like Lake LaBelle? I don't know. Quebec. Dorothy and Mickey, Debbie's parents, used to invite me to the cottage almost every weekend in the summer. I was a playmate for Debbie. I enjoyed going there very much and looked forward to the weekends. As young girls, our favorite pastime was swimming, canoeing, boating, water skiing, or swinging on one of the swings overlooking the water. To get to the cottage, we had to cross by boat, which belonged to Debbie's dad. The cottage had a wooded area behind it. Debbie and I slept in bunk beds. One particular night, I woke up to find myself floating out the bedroom cottage window. I cannot remember if I was sleeping on the lower or top bunk that particular evening. Debbie and I usually took turns. I was very astonished. In particular, I thought, wow, what a nice, neat dream I'm having. My head was turned to the left side, and I remember turning it to the right side into my horror and utter amazement. Seeing a creature, sort of whitish in color, with big, big black eyes. I was initially scared, and even more so, when I slowly floated down towards this creature, facing him eye to eye. I believe at that particular time I fell unconscious. The next thing I can consciously recall is that I had a terrible pain in my right ear. So intense was this pain that it caused me to have an excruciating pounding headache. I felt like my head was going to burst open. I begged God to stop, stop. But then I thought, well, that's silly. God would never hurt me. This pain did stop. And I thought, oh, thank you. And to my surprise, a voice replied, that was nice. And I stayed here that the particular conversation to follow was done through thoughts only. I did not speak out loud. Or at least I don't believe I did. So she kind of goes through this conversation, like, my response, what was nice? You mean saying thank you? His response, yes. Now, at this point, I'm going to skip the my response, his response, because there's like 20 of these things. So he responded, yes, like a male voice. And she says, my parents always taught me to be polite. Are you God? No. Then you must be Jesus? No. I can see you're disappointed that I'm not these particular people. I'm from another planet, far, far away from here, past the Milky Way. Another planet? Oh, what is your name? I recall him mentioning his name several times to me, but I could not grasp, grasp how to pronounce it, and I think it was rather long. So that's the thing with some of these things. I don't think they're being truthful about where 
they are from necessarily or where they live or what their intentions are. And there's reasons for that. When these things started to pop up like in the 50s and 60s, maybe even the 40s, 50s, 60s, when like aliens, quote unquote, started showing up. The first thing they would say is that they're from Venus, right? Or Mars. They were always from Mars or Venus. And then they started saying they're from the stars. They would pick out a star. Now that's even f- supposedly farther away, right? And then they now they're saying that they're from somewhere past the Milky Way, far away. Like, I've always been a little suspicious of that type of thing. It, to me, it just means they're lying. Everything. All of that. So to get back to this... Uh, talk here his response you will find it hard to pronounce we don't have an alphabet like you my response may i see what you look like can i open my eyes you would only think i am ugly i would scare you and you don't want to be scared then what do you look like i'm rather thin no hair on my head pale in color very white large black eyes and then she says no hair pale in color you better sit out in the sun and get a suntan see this is a little kid right how come you have no hair like a little kid would ask that type of thing she's like nine or ten years old so she's like innocent his response we are born with no hair we cannot go out in the sun is very bad for our body type you should not stay out in the sun very long either oh really they don't like the light what a coincidence my response or her response oh but i love the sun and sun tanning it is good for the body i love the water too you should not say you are ugly it is not what you look like that counts but what is in your heart i sensed at this point in time another presence in the room for his quote-unquote voice seemed to turn away from me as though he was communicating with someone else i heard no conversation who is with you is there someone else here yes my friend who would be considered a doctor on your planet, and I am a scientist. We are, however, much more advanced than your doctors or scientists. Your heart is only an organ. It is not what is in your heart, but your head that makes you feel. And that's another thing that I think they're wrong about. They probably don't understand the heart. There's been cases where people that have had heart transplants all of a sudden started to like the foods that the person they got the heart from liked. And they started doing habits that the person they got their heart from liked. There's a case of a lady that never liked beer. That once she got a heart transplant, she the first thing she said is she wanted to drink a beer. And she never wanted a beer before in her life. She started to like chicken nuggets. And the guy that she got the heart from, when he died, he had chicken nuggets in his pocket. Weird, because he rode a motorcycle. So he would jam them in his pocket. These things aren't omnipotent. They don't know everything. They don't, they're, they're lying about a lot of things. Taking children out of their rooms at night is predatory and illegal and kidnapping. So she goes on and says, I became confused over this. And this is what we we're taught as children and adults. So she started to change the subject. I don't need a doctor. I am not sick. He says, the doctor is examining you. This conversation continued, and I I can recall that he mentioned that I I was healthy, both externally and internally, except for one internal part of me, which was not correctly placed, but that they would fix it when the time came. And then she goes on to say, I don't want to mention what I believe they might have fixed. I recall him expressing his desire to become very close to me, as close as I was with Debbie, I was edgy and nervous about this and informed him that he could not become as close as Debbie, 
was with me. And he stated the reason why he wanted to become close to me, which I do not wish and cannot bring myself to recount to you at this point in time. So this, I mean, this guy, this, whatever this thing is, is being very creepy. Like she doesn't even want to talk about the stuff that, you know, he was saying to her. He informed me that he had been watching me from the woods on that particular day in the afternoon, maybe, and it had been a sunny day. I became confused here because I know the sun bothers their skin, and he told me so. He was fascinated by the ease in which I swam on top of the water, and in particular how I dove underwater and popped up in, in a different location, which amused him also. I recall myself diving under and resurfacing, and I was scaring Debbie when she was on a flotation device. I was just having some fun with Debbie, who would laugh and scream with delight every time we played this game. And then she asked him, can you swim? No. Then I will teach you. I can swim very well. I would love to learn how, but we cannot go in the water. How sad. That is just too bad. I will be content just to watch you. And he wanted to know how the water felt on her skin. But she thinks she said she says it feels beautiful on the skin. And at one point, I informed him that I was left-handed and the majority of people were right-handed. And I asked which hand he was. And he said that they used both hands equally. And that one hand was not better than the other. And that their brains were not divided like ours. And I sensed that he meant that there was no division. It ends up with this story. She starts talking about... He took an earring from her to keep it. And um, he called it a souvenir. And she said that he wanted to go and walks in the woods with her. Ugh to take him to take her to his house in the woods and she thought that it would be okay as long as no bears would hurt her i mean this is just sick right after he took the earring he insisted that she goes back to sleep and then she woke up again later on what she ended up doing was telling the guy i think the i think her friend's dad and he said that he had a similar dream they at first she thought it was a dream or something but he said that in his that they um, had lights, like a whole bunch of lights and bright lights all around and figures coming at him. After she told him all, like everything, she was on the little swing set, I think by herself. And then she saw one of these creatures like watching her from the woods. And instead of being scared, she was like yelling to it like, hey, I saw you. Why don't you come out here and talk to me? And it was like hiding and then it like kind of disappeared. And then her friend comes up and asks her what she was talking about. And she tells her that something was watching her. The dad comes out and starts threatening it. He starts yelling at it. Even though he didn't see it, he just heard what she was saying. And said, you see this little girl, if you touch her, I'll come after you. And I'll catch you. I'll kill you. And he starts yelling at the woods. And then she says, that's all I can remember. If this was only a dream. That's the most unusual dream I ever recalled. I never remembered a dream in so much detail. This is the only one. So I don't think it was a dream. I think these things really do these things and they're not to be trusted. I mean, if you think about what they do, like take people out of their rooms at night, literal kidnappings, doing medical experiments on these basically victims, right? So I know a lot of people have these types of stories and my heart goes out to them. So these two stories here, the first one, they're both from that same magazine issue. It was the Cambridge UFO Research Group. Yeah, again, it's volume two, number 42. 
1992, I think December. They also quote the Toronto Sun um, article about that android. I guess it was reported in two different places. So there seems to be some kind of legitimacy to that story. Unfortunately, if you use the word android in a search, you just get the phone. And if you type something else with it, there's usually some kind of game or something. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's got any kind of like links to other stories like that where androids or robots were found, that would be great. But hope everybody's doing good. Thanks for checking out the podcast. My RSS feed is down there. You can plug it in your favorite podcast listening app and always be alerted when there is a show. My Patreon is patreon.com slash paradoxwalk. Please put any any crazy and wild stories down below on YouTube or BitChute. You can email me at paradoxwalkpodcast at protonmail.com. The music is Downbeat 88. The opening track is called The Dark. The outro is called Moment of Peace. I hope everybody's doing good out there. Have a good day. Bye.